0: ask, seek, knock. Ask and it shall be given unto you, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. 3 Nephi 6, paragraph 3. Just after the caution to not give holy things to the unworthy, Christ reminds all of their obligation to ask, seek, and knock. If you will ask, it will be given to you. If you seek, you will find it. If you knock, things will be open to you. But be careful not to give what is holy to the unworthy. These ideas are related in two ways. First, if you want what is holy, then stop being a dog or a swine. Ask, seek, and knock. Second, if you are one who is qualified and will receive holy things by your willingness to be repentant, then press forward by asking, seeking, and knocking. If you do, the things which are most holy will be given. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Really? Everyone? Even you? That is what Christ is saying. However, the manner in which you will receive is illustrated by the missing virtue in ten parables. Meaning that the effort to receive what you have asked the Lord could take nearly two decades, and a great deal of internal changing before you acquire what you lack. Receiving may include not only what you've asked to receive, but also everything you do not have in order to finally qualify to receive what you seek. What do you associate with findeth? Does it suggest to you active effort, or passive receipt? To find something you are missing, even a small thing, what must you do? If searching is required to locate, then what do you suppose the Lord is implying by the word findeth? What does it mean that it shall be opened? Does opening imply merely a view? Does it suggest also entering in? If it opens to view, and you then fail to enter in, has opening been worthwhile? Has anything been accomplished? Does it suggest that there is activity required of someone who has something opened unto them? It is my view that the words chosen all imply a burden upon the one who asks, seeks, and knocks. They are not entitled to anything just by speaking the words. They must make the effort to search into and contemplate the things they seek then they must change and repent of everything amiss in their lives that is revealed to them. This is to be done before they can see what is to be shown to them. If, for example, a person wants to see the other side of the mountain, they can ask daily for a view to be open to them without ever seeing the other side. But if the Lord prompts them to take the path to the top, the Lord has given them the means to find and have opened to them the very thing they seek provided of course they are willing to walk in the path to the top of the mountain when they remain on the valley floor asking or demanding more they are not really asking seeking and knocking they are irritating and ungrateful the lord's small means are capable of taking the one who seeks to the very thing they desire alma 17 paragraph 8 but without cooperation with him they can receive nothing the lord's small means are how great things are brought to pass 1 Nephi 5, paragraph 8. But for some people the Lord's answers are never enough. However, when the humble who ask, seek, and knock follow Him in these small means, they will eventually stand in His presence and partake of eternal life. But not until they have done as all others have done before them. Mankind is impatient, wanting quickly what can sometimes only be obtained in patience. Human nature is to rush, but development requires patience. Some things require time and persistence to prepare one for the blessings they seek. Joseph remarked, "The things of God are of deep import, and time, and experience, and careful and ponderous and solemn thoughts can only find them out." TNC 138, paragraph 18. This is the way of God. It is adapted to give all what they lack, even if they are unaware of what they lack. The Father always intends to give to those who ask, seek, and knock, just as Christ explained the Father knows much more how to give good things to them that ask. 3 Nephi 6, paragraph 3. He will not merely give the thing requested. He will add to it such things as are needed to prepare them to be received. This then, is the process, we ask. Without a request, the laws governing things prevent bestowal. We can't be given until first we ask. When we have asked, the Father will give he will give every good gift needed, and not just what has been asked. 3 Nephi 6, paragraph 3. If there is, as is almost always the case, a gulf between what you have asked of him and your capacity to receive it, then he will set about giving you every needful thing to enable you to receive. If you ask for strength, he will provide you with that experience necessary to develop the strength you seek. If you seek for patience you will be given divinely ordained experiences by him that are calculated to develop in you what you have sought. He knows you and knows what you need. Whatever is asked of him, he will set about to ordain. It will come in a perfectly natural progression. It will occur in accordance with both natural and eternal law. If you fight against it, you prolong the time when you will receive what you have asked of him. If you cooperate, it will flow unto you without compulsory means and a natural progression, TNC 139, paragraph 6. If you do not ask, it will not be given. If you do not seek, you cannot possibly find. If you are unwilling to knock, the door will remain shut to you. But if you do these things, then you must cooperate with him as he prepares you to receive what he will bestow. After asking, seeking, and knocking, then a process is invoked in which the Father prepares you to receive. You will receive as soon as He can prepare you by experience, by careful, thoughtful, ponderous thought through time and experiences adapted to give you what is asked. When, at last, you have been adequately prepared, you will have gone through exactly what every other soul before you has experienced to prepare them. There are no shortcuts. There are no exceptions. It is in accordance with laws ordained before the foundation of the world. Everyone who has obtained what you seek will have done so in conformity with the very same laws. The Father will work with you to prepare you to receive what you seek. This is a reaffirmation by Christ of the process and the Father's role in bringing it to pass. If you trust Him, trust also His Father's deliverance of you. You will be delivered. You will receive from Him who knows how to bestow every good gift what you have asked of Him. Atonement Atonement is a 16th century English contraction of the words, at, and one, attributed to William Tyndall's biblical translations. It signifies the state of being at one, at oneness, or at one in the process of reaching that state, unity with God. The word appears over a hundred times in the Old Covenants from the root. Kafo. Meaning to cover, and appears in the New Testament only once in Romans 1. Paragraph 22 As Katalaji Meaning Reconciliation, Exchange, ESP Money From all the meanings of Kafar and Kippurim, we conclude that the literal meaning is a close and intimate embrace, which took place at the caprith or the front cover or flap of the tabernacle or tent. The Book of Mormon instances are quite clear, behold, he sendeth an invitation unto all men, for the arms of mercy are extended towards them and he saith, Repent, and I will receive you. Alma 3. Paragraph 6. But behold, the Lord hath redeemed my soul from hell, I have beheld his glory, and I am encircled about eternally in the arms of his love. 2 Nephi 1. Paragraph 3. To be redeemed is to be atoned. This kind of oneness is meant by the atonement, it is being received in close embrace of the prodigal son, expressing not only forgiveness but oneness of heart and mind that amounts to identity. The standard guide to the Atonement is the Gospel of John. For solid chapters, 14-17 in the KJV, are devoted to showing that the Atonement is literal. It is real. See John 9 and the Testimony of St. John, chapters 8-10. Mankind is placed in a situation on this earth where, without a Redeemer and an atoning sacrifice, progression, as well as any hope of escape from the grave and the justice of the lawgiver, would be impossible. Without the atonement, the possibility of ascension and return to the presence of God could not take place. The Father's doctrine is that all men everywhere must repent and believe in Christ. 3 Nephi 5, paragraph 9. This is what the whole of creation hangs on, the atonement of the Son. It is through the Son's sacrifice that the Father's plan became operational. Now, in order to return to the father, all must do so in reliance upon the merits of the son. John 2, paragraph 2. It is impossible to become altogether clean in this fallen world. Despite mankind's best efforts, in the end they're going to find they are lacking. The scriptures admit this. All are in need of redemption from an outside power, someone with greater virtue and power who can lift mankind from the fallen condition into something higher, cleaner, and more godly. This is the role of Christ. His atoning sacrifice equipped him to accomplish this. The atonement, however, is not magic. Through it, Christ accomplished some very specific things and has the power to lead all back to the presence of God, the Father. The process was difficult for him and is necessarily difficult for each person seeking it. Christ participated in the ordinance of the atonement to acquire two things, the first of which is knowledge, see Isaiah 19. Paragraph 2. It is through his knowledge that he is able to justify many. This knowledge was acquired through his suffering the pains of all mankind, which allowed him to know exactly what weaknesses afflict mankind and how to overcome them. This allows him to succor, relieve, and teach mankind how to overcome every form of guilt, affliction, and weakness. See Alma 5, Paragraph 3. This knowledge was gained by suffering guilt and remorse for sins he had not committed, Exactly as if you were the one who perpetrated them. He performed this great burden in the presence of his Father, who would never leave him, even in his hour of temptation, despite the fact that all his followers would abandon him. See John 9, paragraph 18. When he suffered the guilt of all mankind, it was necessary for his father to draw near to him, because it was impossible for Christ to know how to redeem mankind from the guilt and shame of sin unless he experienced the pain of uncleanliness before God the Father just as mankind will do if they are unclean in the day of judgment, see Luke 13, paragraph 9 and Mormon 4, paragraph 6. Unlike all of mankind, however, Christ knows how to overcome the shame, because He has done so. Secondly, Christ acquired the keys of death and hell by suffering, reconciling, dying, rising, and reuniting with the Father, see Revelation 1, paragraph 6. Because the keys of death and hell belong to him, he has the power of forgiveness. He can forgive all men all offenses, but he requires them to forgive others. See and c 51, paragraph 3. If they fail to forgive others, they cannot be forgiven. See Matthew 3, paragraph 30. Mankind does not move from a state of evil to redemption by Christ's sacrifice alone. It is required for them to follow him. See John 6, paragraph 29. They follow Him when they allow Him to succor them, to impart knowledge to them, and when they forgive others through His knowledge gained from the Atonement. Through the keys of death and hell, Christ's Atonement cleanses them from errors, from failings, and from deliberate wrong choices. He provides cleansing from those failings. But His Atonement does not change their character unless they follow Him. The Atonement, if properly acted upon, frees them to develop character like His unencumbered by the guilt of what they've failed to do. He removes guilt. But developing character like his is mankind's responsibility. They cannot be passive and obtain what he offers. They are required to actively pursue the redemption they seek from him. When the sin is removed from them, they are free to pursue virtue without the crippling effects of remorse which he removed. See Alma 14, paragraph 7. When freed from the guilt of sin, the past mistakes no longer haunt them. Their sins are no longer remembered by the Lord, and they are free to confess and forsake them 45, paragraph 9. The reason they can publicly confess their sins is because they are no longer a part of them. The sin does not define them. They have chosen to follow Him into a new life. The development of a godly character happens in stages gradually, but forgiveness comes in an instant suddenly see alma 17 paragraph 4 the forgiven one necessarily turns to a new life in which sharing the joy of forgiveness and the joy of redemption through christ is the abiding desire see alma 17 paragraph 5 the mind changes in proportion to the joy found in the new life see romans 1 paragraph 33 such new people are no longer the sons of men but they become the sons of God, see Romans 1, paragraph 34. They know the joy of having the voice of the Father declare to them that they have been begotten by the Father and are the sons of God, see Psalms 2, paragraph 2. The fullness of the atonement is the fullness of knowledge, which comes by following Him and abiding the conditions. No one can receive what He offers unless they conform to the conditions He has established for redemption, see 93, paragraph 9. This is the gospel of Christ. This is the news which comes from the Lord, the messenger of salvation. Those who know Him will declare these things in unmistakable words to allow others to come and partake of the same fruit of the tree of life. See come, let us adore Him, chapter 12. Christ described what He went through saying, I finished my preparations, TNC 4, paragraph 5. The atonement is not really a singular event, apart from the completion of the preparation. The atonement process is Christ reasoning with, persuading, and forgiving each repentant sinner on an ongoing basis to redeem them. The atonement, not capitalized, is His great work, while the atonement, capitalized, is when it is done, finished, and over. See also the glossary entry, Redemption. Attain to the Resurrection of the Dead More than merely coming forth from the grave, although that is termed resurrection, also. Joseph Smith more accurately referred to this as an achievement following exaltation. You have got to learn how to be gods yourselves, and to be kings and priests to God, the same as all gods have done before you, namely by going from one small degree to another, and from a small capacity to a great one. From grace to grace, from exaltation to exaltation, until you attain to the resurrection of the dead. And are able to dwell in everlasting burnings, and to sit in glory, as do those who sit enthroned in everlasting power. Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, pages 346 347. Arising from the grave does not mean one has attained to the resurrection of the dead, nor holds the keys of resurrection. No one will attain this until they, like Christ, have gone from exaltation to exaltation, until they can obtain the power to resurrect all that depends upon them. To attain to the resurrection of the dead requires one to have the power to resurrect not only themselves, but also those who are dependent on them. This is what the prototype of the saved man did. This is who we worship. This is who and what we must precisely and exactly become. Authoritative. Approved by God and binding upon man. Awake and arise. There are two things that generally stir one up to repentance first, to awaken to one's awful situation. See 2 Nephi 1, paragraph 3, and 2 Nephi 3, paragraph 8. And second, to arise and connect with the source that will cure what is wrong with one. See Moroni 10, paragraph 6. We are not self curing. We are filled with that same shame that came in the beginning as a consequence of doing what we were not supposed to be doing. The greatest way the adversary keeps us in a state of slumber is to prevent us from looking about and awakening to the awful situation we find ourselves in.